Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about getting it right. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is the 26th of September, 2022. I pray that you are having a happy Yom Teruah. For some, also Rosh Hashanah, if you choose to observe that. I, myself, of course, you know from last podcast, I try to focus more on the Yom Teruah, not so much on the Rosh Hashanah. Actually, my husband may or may not actually agree with me on that based on what his sermon was this past Saturday. However, I want to talk about getting it right. Before I really dive into that, this particular Torah portion is special, which always is during or around the feast times, but the Torah portion for this week is called Ve'alech, which means, and he went out. You'll find it in Deuteronomy chapter 31, 1 through 30. Then the half portion is Hosea chapter 14, verses 2 to 10, or if you're reading a different Bible, it may be 1 through 9. Then you have the Brit Hadashah, which is Matthew chapter 13, verses 5 through 8. To me, that honestly didn't make very much sense, because it's actually the parable about the sower, the farmer sowing seeds, and um, it starts in verse 1. So to me, I just started verse 1, read verse to verse 8. It did not, you know, didn't hurt me any. Now, the reason it's a little bit, you know, different and or special, I don't know if you notice, but that Torah portion is actually considerably small, uh, especially when you think about how long most of the other ones are. And I think a reason for that is because you also have the Torah portion for Yom Teruah, which is officially today, it started last night, was the eve of Yom Teruah. And the Torah portion for Yom Teruah is actually Genesis chapter 1 to 34 and Numbers 29, 1 through 6. So if you were hungry for a little bit more to read, there you go. The half Torah is 1 Samuel 1, verses 1 through 2 and 10. Then you have the Brit Hadashah, which is Matthew chapter 23, 29 to 36. So I myself did, actually, I still have not read the Yom Teruah portion. I'm going to go ahead and do that with my family. Probably half of it today and maybe half of it tomorrow. And things have been really pretty crazy around here, which makes sense because Ben and I are both congregational leaders and there's just a lot of things going on. Nothing compared to my sweet sister, Dina, my one and only sister. I want to congratulate her. Yesterday, she got married for the second time and I was able to watch it via Google something or another and um, couldn't hear much of it because it was partially out so outdoors and uh but I was able to see it so I was blessed to be able to be there not maybe physically but at least in spirit so I could I could watch her be remarried I pray many blessings upon them both and I pray that it is exactly what God has for both of them to bring both of their lives together and I pray that it is nothing like their past marriages at all and that they would be blessed in this marriage and that they would choose to honor God and themselves by keeping him as their foundation. Now, that being said, (laughs) I want to talk to you about getting it right. And some of you might think, well, you know, it sounds like maybe your sister is trying to get it right. That must be where you got your podcast from. That would be incorrect. I actually got this idea 
when I was reading a post from a woman on a Facebook page that I am part of called The Portion, and it's it's Messianic Believers who come together and learn all about the Torah and just learning Hebrew and learning about the Torah portions. And honestly, I haven't delved as much as I probably should in this particular page. I will eventually, I promise. However, that being said, one of the moderators posted something yesterday. Her name is Gail Heaton. And I thought it was really apropos. And I'm going to read it to you. I got permission from her. And it says, on the traditional calendar, the high holy days are upon us. I imagine many of you have a strong pull to get it right, quote unquote, and not do the wrong, quote unquote, thing. For some of you, the thought of getting it wrong can make you feel really unsafe. What will God think of me if I don't do it correctly? Or what will, name the person or persons, think of me if I don't get this right? Take this time to reflect on where this fear comes from and what you can do with God's help to overcome the fear. Fear like this can lead you to push away those who do the feast differently than you think we're supposed to do them, or push away those who do not yet celebrate them. Take this time to reflect on what you can do to both honor God through the feasts and also honor the spark of God in those who don't do them like you do. Don't let this fear of doing it wrong distance you from God or others in your busyness to have the appearance of having it all together. Maybe circumstances in your life prevent you from observing how you want to, and you are frustrated at your lack of control over your own situation. Maybe you have no one to celebrate with, or you have a fellowship, but no one you really feel a true connection with, so you know you'll be lonely in a crowd. Are feast days hard for you? Ask God what you can do this year. Just one thing that bring, brings your heart contentment at it as it unites with a, his, no matter how it looks to anyone else. Let this be a reminder to you that our Father is in it for the long haul with you. He delights that you want to spend the holidays with him, however imperfe- imperfectly you do them. So don't leave him out of the party. Whatever you do, do it for him and with him. And if he grants you others to celebrate with, Be thankful that you can, no matter how imperfectly they celebrate. Happy holidays. And honestly, there were a lot of people who who thanked her so much for for writing this because she's so right. How often do we do, and it doesn't even have to do with the feast necessarily, but how often do we obsess over doing something correctly or right that we lose focus in sight of what's actually important? And I think that's really a good point that she made as well when it does come to the feast, because Adonai knows that we're not perfect. Now we're always, you know, gearing towards that, but it doesn't mean that he is going to be angry with us or be a vengeful God if we don't do it, I guess, how he would want us to do it. Because the reality is he knows, he knows who we are. He created us. And he knows that when we don't get things in our lives right, it has to do with our heart. Now, if, if it's like, you know, we're just basically like, uh, I don't I don't really care. I don't really care how things go. I don't really care what I do in my life. I don't care what I, you know, that that everything that I do has an effect on other people around me. You know, obviously God sees that. Adam and I sees that in our hearts. 
and he will judge you accordingly. But if you are choosing to live your life to the best of your ability and do what you can in your life to be pleasing to Adonai as much as possible, he also will see that. And I think that he'll bless you for it. And I think so often, especially during this time, we get so consumed with how we think life should be or how the feast should be, that if anyone comes along and says, no, it should be something else, we become greatly offended, even to the point where we we might decide, I don't want to be in fellowship with these people anymore, or I don't want to talk to them anymore because they're wrong and I'm right. And I don't feel like that is, no, I don't feel like that. It's not biblical. It's just not. You know, Adonai created us to glorify him and be community with him, but also with others who are like-minded. And if you could find people who are like-minded, that is fantastic. How many times do I say this on my podcast? Probably almost every single time. You will never, ever, ever find somebody that you agree with 100% about everything, not even yourself. And if you're looking for a congregation that does, you're going to be in a congregation of one. And I don't feel like that is exactly, you know, I, I, I almost don't, I don't like saying I don't feel like, because it's really not about my opinion. It's not biblical. Adonai does not want us to be alone. I mean, what did he say when, when he created Adam? It is not good for the man to be alone. So what, he created Eve. Okay, so you have a married couple. So you're thinking, oh, well, now everything's perfect. Well, hold on. There should be some iron sharpening iron. There's a reason that um, my husband and I, we thoroughly enjoy having a Bible study at our home, which actually was originally at our rabbi's house, you know, before we took over the congregation and then COVID happened and they're older and they didn't didn't necessarily want to continue that because they were, you know, didn't want to contaminate themselves. And I totally understood that and respected it. So we decided to start at our home, which I feel like they were grateful for because it's actually a lot more stressful than you would think of. But that being said, the reason that I enjoy it is because we invite everyone, not even necessarily Messianic believers. Why? Because we want to hear the opinions of others, how they see the Bible. And for us to agree, it's okay to agree to disagree. That's, that, that shows maturity. Spiritual maturity, emotional maturity, whatever type of maturity you want to call it. To be able to be friends with those who believe that Yeshua is who he said he is, the Messiah, the Son of God. And it not being a salvation issue, but being able to, you know, have friendly discussion about things that you may or may not agree on and be able to walk away from the conversation without being offended or anything and thinking, I really enjoyed that conversation. I'm so glad we had that conversation. It gave me a new perspective on why they think the way that they do, why maybe they're Uh, denomination that they are affiliated with believes what they believe. And I think that it's a good thing to do. Obviously, if you're a baby believer, it may not be the right type of Bible study for you. But for us, it really does work well when we have a lot of people who are not necessarily Messianic believers. Now, the majority, a lot of times they are. However, even then, even if it's just a bunch of Messianic believers, we definitely have discussions on what we, you know, we believe this is how, you know, we believe that this portion of scripture is, has been explained this way, and we don't necessarily agree with how you are defining it. And I think that it's good for us to have that because it puts our focus where it should be. Instead of worrying about getting it right or getting it wrong, we are 
being open and honest with like-minded believers and saying, hey, this is my thought process. What do you think? I'm not going to worry about what they think. I'm going to focus only on what Adonai has said about things. But I also believe that it's so important for us not to fix our eyes on the worldly things and worrying about what other people say about doing, you know, doing good or doing bad or doing right, doing wrong, even if they're like-minded believers, because there comes a point in your life where you will encounter people, unfortunately, on a relatively regular basis that you do not agree with on what you may consider important issues. But to me, it's like, look, if this isn't a salvation issue and you are not, you know, trying to convert others to some sort of thought process or belief system that isn't actually biblical, then I think that we can have a mature, friendly discourse where we are discussing things and talking through things and maybe out of those discussions learn or have a better understanding of what it is that Adonai wants from us. Therein being closer to our goal of getting it right. Now I realize this is actually a really short podcast because I want you guys to enjoy Yom Teruah. Spend it with your family. Blow that shofar. Shout with a loud voice. Give glory unto the one who created us. Now as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. Yivarek Akadonai Varish Mareka Yaherdonai Panavaleka Vehuneka Yisadonai Panavaleka Vehasimleka Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you all have a blessed week. Enjoy your 10 days of awe before Yom Kippur, where we come together and we have a day of fasting and contemplation. I will be speaking about Yom Kippur and Kol Nidre next podcast, so I hope that you will tune in. Shavuot Tov! Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. You can also leave me a one-minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.